trade request where two college professors take a second look at questions and answers from around the internet and from you the listener my name is professor mcburney and my name is am i allowed to still say professor mark sheriff i'm on sabbatical so maybe you're it's, still uh, a professor ex- I still professor. It's it's uh, professor in waiting, professor in the wings, professor. I I don't know. I don't know. Ah, uh, all these days where I'm I don't have to go and prepare for class. Oh, I mean, still wake up at five a.m. to take my daughter to school. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, so he, so I will say though that this is since I have been at UVA. This is the first time I have been on one class during a uh, main semester, not counting summer mainly. Um. And I'm kind of enjoying that because it, it's I don't have to code switch and I'm finding that that's helping a lot. Hmm. I was half expecting you to say, and it's as, it's nice to not have to deal with another person when I'm dealing with the class. But, you know, that's that's fine, too. I no Well, in all it's so <laughs> no, no, no. But so I do. I do like and I've obviously like working with you. I obviously like working with uh, with Ray, who, who I do. I say 11 10 with. No, no. But what I mean is. It is very different because it's actually only the second time, not counting summer again, that I've been on a class alone at uh, at UVA. Even though this is the end of my my third year, right? Because I, I do a lot of the large intro classes where we have a lot of people, and there there's there is sort of a freedom to it because you you know that yeah, there's a lot of work to do, but there's a clearness in you're the one doing it and you're doing it your way, and so so. There's a sure. trade-off there. It is more work, but it's also a little bit liberating. There is a new uh, excitement, passion around the sheriff household from specifically my daughter that I think you might uh, found a little find a little bit interesting. So, um, do, do you watch uh, 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 Awesome Games Done Quick speed running? I did not watch much of it last time. Admittedly, I got uh, I got kind of busy around that time. So for those for, for those that don't know, there is playing video games, which I, I mean, you know, that that's a thing. But there's also tell, playing tell video games. Tell me more about this thing. Tell, okay. tell me more about this, this thing about playing video games. Uh, there's playing video games fast, as fast as you can try to get to the beat the game end of a certain level, beat another person, whatever it might be. There's different categories. And so. In the winter and in the summer, there is a week-long marathon where they raise money. The game's done quick. It's a great organization. Uh, and they raise money for uh, Doctors Without Borders and the Prevent Cancer Foundation. They just raised over $3 million this um, for advanced, uh, Awesome Games Done Quick, which is two weeks ago. But Sammy, my seven-year-old, has just jumped into speedrunning. Mm-hmm. She wants a new she wants to watch a new run every day and she's like I, I don't care whatever game you want to give me. So I'm looking through these list of games and I'm like okay Dark Souls no. Um <laughs> <laughs> Oh here's a here's a 6 hour run of Final Fantasy 13. Uh no. And so now I'm randomly saying how do you feel about oh, Monkey well, Ball? Well, in fairness in fairness any Final Fantasy 13 is 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 a no. Frankly. Oh, okay. Well, um, you know, uh, Metal Metal Gear Solid. Um, yeah, no, that's going to be no. (laughs) Turns out her favorite one so far is Kaizo runs of super of custom Super Mario levels. She's like, he's really good. I'm like, yeah, she has good taste. (laughs) Those are fun to watch. Those are incredible to watch. There you go. There you go. 
Well, uh, uh, along the lines of gaming, I do have my first question is in the realm of gaming. Matter of fact, no, the folks at home obviously won't see this, but I am changing glasses. Oh, what do you think of these new specs? What do you think? You like they those? actually don't look different to me, truth be told. Uh, then the ones that were rimless and these have rims? Well, okay. I mean, the, so I know that there is a difference with these glasses, because I, but I don't want to spoil your question. But oh, well, that dis, that difference is actually not very apparent. Looking so, at. so I, I was, okay, I'm not going in stores much. Like, I mean, I know many people are. I'm still not as much. But regardless, particularly during Omicron, I'm just not. So I have to get Impulse shopping in somehow. So apparently I ended up on Zenny.com and Impulse bought glasses. Because why not? I, you know, the, the, the frames are cheap. And of course I go there and it, you know, internet just tracks me, searches me, knows, knows everything and says, are you interested in gamer glasses? Like, Ooh, tell me about these gamer glasses. Will they increase my, increase my click rate and cr- increase all of my, my mad skills. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that glasses will not affect your finger speed. Uh, you're right. It, it did not affect finger speed, but what it does do, I go to the gamer page and these are some, you know, sponsored by some gaming organizations. They block blue light. And so the question is, why do I need to block blue light? So the thing, the thing is I, my normal glasses are actually, they don't block blue light, but they limit the glare from blue light. So like, I know this uh, audio podcast, not the great thing, but right now I'm looking at my white computer screen, and Sheriff, if he looks at my glasses, will oh, see, see it. blue light. Um, so, so my normal glasses, I get this, and what I have found, and I don't know why it does this, I'm sure you'll tell me, is that it, it definitely seems to reduce eye strain a bit. Um... So what's really interesting about this when I went and looked into it, because, you know, this is something anecdotally that I heard. It's, you know, mm-hmm. that's why you shouldn't look at an iPad before you go to bed, because the blue light from your screen is going to make it harder to go to sleep, which is ironic because I actually do look at my iPad every night before I go to bed. That's how I go to sleep is watching Hearthstone games, because that's <laughs> just me. That's how I operate. Um So I was like, well, I, I'm going to be sitting. I already sit at the computer a lot. Blocking blue light sounds good. Let's do it. So I wore these for a little while and I was like, okay. I mean, it's like a new prescription ish. I don't really notice anything different. Turns out they actually sent me a blue laser with the glasses. So you could hold them up and shot, not with the glasses on your face. That's a very bad idea. (laughs) So you could, (laughs) so you could point the laser at the glasses and see, Oh, look, it's blocking some of this blue light from this laser beam. So I'm protected. You you know, know, people have injured their eyes. Just like oh, trying yeah. to shine a blue laser in there, but that's not blocking at all. I'm blind now. Anyway, <laughs> shiny right in the face. Yeah. So, so I was like, wow. Yeah, this is really interesting. I really should go and 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 look some stuff up and 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 see what's going on here and and why does this matter? Um, it turns out that blue light can affect uh, melatonin, um, and it, it can you know sometimes have that effect. But as I went to the uh, the um, American Optometry Association uh, website into some articles that I found. Well, let's see here. Studies such as this one, and it's linking a, a study in Nature, which Nature being a, a, a journal that certainly has high profile research, uh, says that uh, blue light can cause damage at greater intensities, but the findings of such studies 
tend to get extrapolated by the press or marketing campaigns to implicate all blue light is damaging, including mm. that emitted from electronic devices. Goes back to a, a question we talked about, you know, about 10 episodes ago about research getting blown out of proportion. Right. And this is one of them. It turns out that you are constantly being bombarded with blue light right. and the amount of blue light that you get from your computer monitors is in is is a factor lower than what you get just from average everyday sunlight right well for, for those who go outside i should say what is this uh, yeah exactly so i teach computer science yeah so it, it, there's a lot of anecdata out mm-hmm. there that says that, that this works. And so it turns out there was an article on New York times that, that I was reading into and specifically the, the author of the article said, yeah, I was wearing these, these blue light glasses and it really seemed to make a difference. And then there was a follow-up to the article after they did kind of a retrospective of it. And the, the art, the, um, the reporter basically said, yeah, it turns out I realized that, Whenever I was changing glasses, it made me think about how much screen time I was doing. And so I stopped going mm. in front of my screen huh. because I was wearing the blue light glasses. It made me cognizant of just how much eye strain I was getting from the screen. Therefore, wearing right. the blue light glasses yeah. improved, <laughs> improved everything. Now, now, I will say that it. My anti-glare reflective coating actually does help because I have a, a pair of glasses that doesn't have them. Mm-hmm. Um, although maybe I'm just placeboing myself because that seems to be the case of maybe what's happening with the, with especially like the yellow tinted gamer glasses. Like I've heard they're supposed the gunars. to. Why? Well, yeah, I've heard they're supposed to like improve the contrast or something like that. But something seems like that might just be placebo. Maybe so. Please maybe don't so. sue so us, anyways, guys. So now I've got I've got these really these really sweet sweet gamer glasses that I can wear that apparently don't really do anything but they weren't that expensive so you know it's okay yeah and they're not scratched like my other glasses so yeah. did you um did you have to sign for those when they arrived no I did not they just arrived in my mailbox and hey, I took them out ways and- are hard why do we sign things. <laughs> What? So <laughs> that was, why do we sign things? We need some token that only a individual can generate to validate that that individual approves of something. Right. And so theoretically, a, a theoretically a signature is not duplicatable, which is obviously mm-hmm. BS. But well, so a, a sign the idea of a signature is is what you said. It is something that you do. Or something that you mark or some symbol that you have that helps uniquely identify you. This is why signature is often not used in uh, just literally signing. But we'll talk a bit about in in tech how your computer has a signature that can be used to, you know, or like the messages you send often have a signature that you don't actually literally sign something, but, Mm -hmm. but helps uniquely identify the source. Um. So here's the thing. You know how you sign those credit card receipts? Yeah, they, those, yeah. They, those those never get used like at all. They they just they're there huh. as security theater. Uh very often. Interesting. Um I'm not saying that they won't ever like look at a signature to try to verify or anything if it's there, but 
to my knowledge, that information is actually just not kept. It is there as just an antiquated uh, security theater. So uh, I, 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 there were some time. Okay. In college, at one point, I was the treasurer of my fraternity, and I remember whenever we elected a new treasurer and new president of the fraternity, we had to go to the bank and we had to fill out new forms in order to redo the signatures on our checking account, because every check required two signatures. And I actually had some checks rejected because someone signed it like, ning 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 and it's just like... Checks are, checks are a bit different, but yeah, go ahead. Checks are, Okay. So that was my whole point. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, but but so signatures come up when we talk about um, security. And one of the things that comes up is virus signatures. This is actually how a lot of antivirus oh, yeah. programs look, is that what you can do is take a program and, and we've talked about hashing before. Just run, run some big thing to generate a number. And... What you can mm-hmm. do to detect if, if a program is a known virus is hash it and see if its hash matches that of the virus. Its signature matches the virus. So this is, uh, you know, where signatures come into play. They're designed for unique identification. Obviously, handwritten signatures can be forged, um, mm-hmm. especially in the era of scanners. That's become arguably <laughs> a bit more trivial. Um but it is it is designed to prove that you are who you say you are. So, yeah, that's why you still. Although, if you're si- again, if you're signing a credit card check, it's it's quote an agreement to pay unquote. But like, they don't actually verify the signature. Mm-hmm. At least not not unless there's a contested charge or anything like that. And even then, it's it's shaky if they actually do. It's interesting how the the notion of signatures uh, or or just you know personally identifiable token expanded mm-hmm. into the digital into the digital world with everything from biometrics to um, uh, various um, oh shoot uh, two factor devices whether right. it be a key fob or mm-hmm. you know uh, or literally a like an RFID card that you would put on a reader or something that you'd put in your phone and, and that 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 is effectively your signature um, the, you know the cool thing about it is that that signature signature digitally changes right you know it's only valid for 30 seconds at a time a minute at a time that's why when you when you use one of these two factor authentic- authentication codes it's like you know this signature good for this amount of time whereas yeah. your handwritten signature um in theory it's supposed to work with you feel like mine's changed over the years i i have i have removed letters from my name uh signature over over the years now it's just like a squiggle yeah so i made a um I, 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 I took my Wacom tablet, my pen, and I made an image of my signature mm-hmm. and I have that as a JPEG and I've put that in every student nomination letter, every reference letter, yeah. every everything for going on a decade now. <laughs> and so I, I think I'm pretty confident that, that that students could just be, I mean, even then, if they get a copy of the letter, it's just like, oh yeah, sheriff signed this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> screen grab, copy, paste just, into just put form. Just it on your website. Be like, hey, if you need a reference letter, just copy and paste it. Yeah, the the actual physical signature in today's age is 
so useless. Yeah. In reality, as you noted, it's just it's just security. Well, and this uh, is the, why, like, with DocuSign, because we get tons of DocuSign forms now, especially, you know, in, in, in the COVID era where the physical form, you can't just drop by our office with the physical form is readily, is um, with DocuSign, it's just, like, literally a, a basic generated email with just default cursive font. And, yep. <laughs> and and you just say like, yep, that's my signature and, and check. And the sig the signature there is that when you are sent the URL to your email, that URL has a unique token that only takes you to that page. That only someone with that only someone with that token that's built into the URL actually goes to that page where you could sign the uh, the the um the document. Yep. All right. Ugh. I haven't had to sign many forms at the beginning of the semester. I haven't had to sign any course action forms yeah. to let me into a class. I haven't had well, to... Well, in fairness, I haven't been signing many course... I, I, I've received course action forms, but I have not been signing too many of them. <laughs> Good man. You, 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 I've, you've I've learned. Had, yeah, I've had people also requesting uh, course action forms to join the spring class from 2021. So I don't even know how those are making it through the registrar. Wow. Yeah. Old form. Well, it'd be, you know, it's still January. They just don't know to put 22 on yeah. there. It's not like it's a custom form, but yeah. But enough about classes. I want to go back to games. I love games. Do you play board games? Are you a board gamer at all? Uh, I actually I do some. I, I tend to like um, ones that are a bit more complex and strategy based. Uh, rather than, like, the traditional roll-of-the-dice board game. Mm, so you're a chess and a go player, is what you're saying? You uh, cannot not handle go. those? Uh, not go, but I, I, I do enjoy being bad at chess, yes. Uh, okay, so uh, we always get a ton of board games for Christmas. It's mm -hmm. just a thing. We we have an entire, you know, wall of board games. Uh, Sammy got some really good ones. Matter of fact, Labyrinth, very classic classic game where you... you Basically, you you know, you move tiles around, your character move through, but it's Super Mario Labyrinth. So that's why it's amazing, because Sammy loves everything Super Mario related. Mm -hmm. um, I look at the side of the box and every box has the same in basic pieces of information we expect to see. Age appropriateness, which, by the way, Mario Labyrinth is good for people ages six to ninety nine. They actually put a cutoff. If you are 100, screw you. You're not playing this game. So that's, that's, not, that's why Betty White went out at 99. I know. That's, that's like, oh, oh, rip. I, I, can't, oh. I can't play Super Mario Labyrinth anymore. Can't play Super Mario Labyrinth. Yeah. Uh, it has the estimated time. You know, this will take about 30 minutes, which they really should coordinate that with the age of the players <laughs> to make that accurate. Um, that, that seems to, to fluctuate. But the other thing they have is the number of players. And most board games... What, is, what does it say on there? Like two to four. It says two to four players. The question is, why are most multiplayer games, both board games and video games, cap at four players? This is um, not all, all games, because there's certainly party games, and we can talk right. about that too. And there's differing reasons for video game versus um, board game. And there's similar reasons too, but what do you think? Why do you think four well, is that magic number? I, I would guess with video games, it's because like with the original NES, they just had two controller ports to allow for two people to play at the same time. Same with the Atari, and then there were like four, and you know, 
mathematicians like fact like uh, exponents of two, so would be the natural expansion point. But for board games, I would guess that they tend to be balanced to be played by like a the pseudotypical nuclear family of a father, daughter, uh, son, mother. So in both of these instances, you're referring to either cultural or historical reasons, and both of them are act- are correct, mm-hmm. uh, are, are one of the reasons. So, yes, uh, your classic, um, you know, uh, sorry, Monopoly, the you know, well, sorry is not with the original Monopoly is definitely with the original board games um, that was produced during the, the Great Depression. But, yes, it was for the. The understood traditional numeric number of the family of, of four mother, father, daughter, son uh, with video games. Uh, it definitely started with the Nintendo 64. Um, I mean, there was a, there was a multi-tap for both super Nintendo right. and for NES, but, but, but they both only supported two natively natively only supported two. And right. so, yes, for historical reasons, um, four was understood to be the number of ports on a standard console machine. And you saw that through the GameCube, through the Xbox, uh, up through, you know, up through. So historical, it, absolutely yeah, even with one of them. Like the, uh, the, the Xbox 360, because it had the ring with the four cells around yeah. it. And like the top left was one, the top right was two. And it, that was, so that, that existed there. Yeah. But there are definitely other reasons too. And specifically when we're talking about board games, um, one of the primary reasons has to do with the experience of playing a board game. Why do you play a board game? Well, you play a board game to have fun to take your turn, to take an action. If you look at most board games that are two to four players, they are uh, individual turn and pass. Mm -hmm. So in Monopoly, you take a turn and then the turn passes to the next person. There generally is not a ton of actions that you take on on someone else's turn. Sometimes there are, sometimes you're paying someone money, they're paying you money, something along those Mm -hmm. lines. But the number of actions not on your turn are limited. This is for a number of reasons. One is to the complexity of the game. You want to make it family friendly. You know, you're not having to always be on your game watching the entire time. So four tended to be the number where that capped your um, your attention span, where if if it was your turn and your turn was done and then you had to wait for seven other people to take their turns. Mm it was much more likely you would forget your place in the game and you would just get up and, you know, do something else. Right. So maximize optimizing your amount of fun as a player four ended up being a key aspect of that. Right. Cause that, cause after four, you're just, you're, you're not acting long enough. So you get disengaged. Right. Exactly. And if you look at games where the number of players the core number of players is more than four. So an example of this is seven wonders where there's seven is the, is the max number it's simultaneous turn. Right. Everything resolves simultaneous. Everyone takes that takes an action all at the same time because you're trying to focus on the fact, how much are you actually participating in the action? Um, games like, um, uh, apples to apples or, um, right. Party games. Yeah those party games, everyone's taking an action. They're all picking a card. Right. And then the resolution of that is, you know, another level of fun. Mm-hmm. So that's an, a major aspect. Another major aspect um, you kind of hinted on, which is just balance, um, trying to balance uh, a game such that one player does not have a massive advantage mm-hmm. as you increase past four increases the complexity, makes it harder. 
And from a monetary standpoint, from a you're selling stuff standpoint, if you're producing a game for more than four, you're having to create more pieces. And right. so it physically costs more to produce a game. A game like Catan, which is two to four players, standard is two to four players. Um, and there's a number of pieces with it. You can buy a five to six player expansion pack, right. but that expansion pack uh it, it increases just, the size of the board so it, it rebalances the game it does and let's just say it doesn't it hasn't sold very well yeah in comparison to the game itself right so that's kind of the idea around the traditional board games itself with video games polygon uh which is a which is a video game news website did some interviews with a bunch of developers and it was interesting that even with the four player controller thing, I mean, we're not necessarily limited to that. Now you can Bluetooth connect a bunch of controllers to, to various devices. What it turned out to be was four was an optimal number for um, being able to uh, handle multiple tasks in a game. Mm-hmm. So two and two could go off and do different things. Traditional games that uh, like, like a world of Warcraft or something like that tends to be four or five per- persons for a standard party. Mm-hmm. If you only had three, you could only have, you had to have one damage dealer, one healer, one tank. So by increasing that number, it wasn't as hard. You, you weren't, you didn't have to have exactly the right number of pieces of, of different, mm-hmm. uh, different kinds. Uh, and also once you push back five, the developer saw that it was much more likely for players to subgroup subgroup. So right. at that point, why bother? I, I well, so I, I also believe that in uh, World of Warcraft, with the dungeons, like they typically have parties of five, that's because people tend to level as damage dealers rather than healers. So there's an outsized number of damage dealers. That's true. And so it keeps the queue faster. And that actually relates to Overwatch, is actually Overwatch 2, they've already announced whenever it comes out, if it ever does, because Blizzard, Act, Activision Blizzard's kind of doing interesting things right now. Um, yeah, Act, well, they, they got bought, but even then, the, the company has had had some fallout, we'll say, of late. Uh, not the Bethesda kind. So, um, with Overwatch 2, they've already said they're going to 5v5. And one of the big motivations for that was uh, people didn't want to play tanks, so they're reducing the number of tanks on the team from two to one. Like, people Hmm. were willing to play healer or or damage. Surprisingly, healers was actually a popular role. But tank is always just the law. Like, tank is is always the most in-demand role, so they're changing that. To deal, yeah, to to compensate for what the, the players wanted to play, so... There you go. All right. You got another question for us? I do. Uh, but first. But first. I want to go uh, back to an excuse <laughs> me what now. Oh, I thought you were saying a word from our sponsors. We got a sponsor? No. no, no. Okay. All right. No, I, 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 I'm open to it, though. Um, no. Uh, so with excuse me what now, which we haven't admittedly done in a while. Uh, what we would do is we would... Okay, it, that's because at the end of last semester, we were all, we were just sick yeah. of hearing the excuse. Yes. We were tired yeah, the real that, ones. So, so the, the, the gist of the game is it sort of was like NPR's uh, uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me game where three hosts present a story, one is true. Except it was the opposite. We said two, two true stories, one false one. You had to guess the false one. When I did it at one point, 
one of the false ones that I presented was a student wanting uh, with with an with an eighty eight point six wanting to have their grade rounded up to an eighty nine so it could then be rounded to a ninety and be an A. That was a fake story until oh no. On the <laughs> Professor subreddit on Friday, December 10th, at 7.57 Greenwich Mean Time, uh, it was, student has final grade of 88.9, student believes grade should be rounded to an 89, okay, and since he's at an 89, because of course it's a he, he wants me to round him to a 90, because an 89 is so close to an A. Yep. <sighs> it happened. It happened. I, I, it is. It is now no longer a fake story. And this was uh, posted by, and I'm not going to give the the username, but they said professor at a large state university. I mean, it's not unsurprising. Uh, you know, it's not it's unsurprising. Not, it's not, it, it really isn't. And you know, math, math is hard. Rounding rounding's really tough. Yeah. You know, moving up one. This is yeah. Rounding shouldn't. You just shouldn't round grades. You get what you get. What you get. What you get. But. Yeah. That's well, me. that's uh, and and this is this is why I am so frustrated that I need to ask a silly question. Okay, is, please. Okay. Why does the shower curtain try to grab me? What? <laughs> okay. Where are you having showers? And what okay. is this? No, what? no, no. This is this is actually serious. So, so first, do you, if you have a shower curtain with absolutely oh. no weights on the bottom, like it, it's it's very lightweight. It uh -huh. tends to push into the shower it tends to like it, you know it will it will move in towards the shower and so it'll be against you okay i'm gonna try i'm gonna try and guess this okay yeah. is it because the hot water of the shower and the steam rising there's an air pressure differential because the air is going up and so therefore air is pressing against the curtain yeah, so so basically the Ouch. the hot water is oh, oh. Hurt my shoulder. <laughs> hurt my shoulder. You're so too old to fist pump. No, um, so oh, man. so this this can't this has happened to me. Uh, when I you know it, the 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 crappier your shower curtain, the more it tends to happen. And uh, I was in in grad school for a long time, so I had crappy shower curtains. Um, no, but. The the reason is that unlike now with that UVA money you're splurging on the well, high we, end we shower curtains. Have, uh, we we just have a like a shower stall with a glass door. So it, if if that leaned in, it would be worse. Um, but yeah, it, the you know the the steam heats up the air in the shower, so the air in the shower rises and typically goes out the top, which creates lower pressure inside the shower, and so the colder air typically comes in the bottom. If you're finding this happening to you, the simple solution is uh, be calm. Call nine one one. Yeah, no. Uh, the simple solution is just don't like it. This this happens more the farther your shower curtain covers, like the left to the right. Like if it goes wall to wall, then the only way the air can come in is by pushing the shower curtain out of the way and therefore into you. So mm -hmm. if you pull the shower curtain to create a pathway for the air, like that's out of the water stream. The shower curtain will stop leaning in because the air will just come in that way. It will take the path of least resistance. And you will no longer be attacked by rogue shower curtains. Hey, I, I have I have improved someone's life who will listen to this. 
someone will be like, oh my gosh, this has been happening to me. And they will adjust. Somewhere in our, in our, in our long list of listeners, there is, there is someone there, who, who, we, we are appealing been... to, the, to the cheap shower curtain demographic. The cheap shower curtain? Hey, look, look, I'm just trying to make us attractive to advertise. Walmart, I... you want some of this? Just saying. <laughs> Here at Bed Bath & Beyond, we offer the greatest in shower curtains that will, will not never, grab you randomly. will never attack you. That will never attack you. This huh. shower curtain will never, never attack you. But what doesn't bother me is another episode in the can. Thank you all so much for spending some time with us uh, as we get back into. Well, Will gets back in the class. I'm, I'm just, you know, <laughs> it's it's so it's so stupid. I've spent the entire, quote unquote, sabbatical so far doing administrative tasks from the last semester that I didn't finish at the end of last semester. So I haven't actually done anything interesting other than not prep for class. So. Eh, whatever. I'll just keep complaining about not having a class to teach. <laughs> but, um, Will is back from last week. Hopefully classes have started well. Who knows what will be next week. If it'll be another office hours or if he'll be in the midst of trying to get teams assigned, which could take a lot of time. Well, so the it ad deadline's Wednesday next week, so I should be able to do an episode. Oh, and there we go. After that, may a uh, bit, bit bit trickier but well we shall we shall see so in the meantime if you have a question you'd like us to talk about please send it our way hosts at regraderequest.com or you can go to regraderequest.com and click the button there to record an audio message that we can include on the podcast itself you know i've actually forgot all the things i say at the end of the show oh you should go you should go uh I'm tired. It's not no, even it's that late. late. And and I'm 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 tired. I'm tired. You know what that means? It means I should uh, we should we should just we should stop. Yeah. I think I think and, I threw you off with the with the Professor XX thing. We we did we did an intro that did not land. And uh no, I, I the, completely the, caught it, Sheriff Popgard. It let, let's just say the comedic timing was so good that it, it just floored me. I had no idea what to say. And so we uh -huh. had to redo the intro. Yeah. Or I made him redo the intro and he wouldn't redo his joke, but that's okay. Maybe he'll sneak it in in a future episode. So until you get to hear that joke, take care, be safe, and watch for falling goats. Do you, do you think the, the goats are pushing the shower curtains in? I was, that's exactly what I was thinking. It has to be a cabal of goats that go into people's homes and use their cute horns and push them forward. That, that seems right.